the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He's Elijah the prophet. He's Jeremiah. He's one of the prophets. All these other views going around. And they're all wrong. There's one correct view of Jesus Christ. And we live in a world, as I said, with a lot of views, a lot of opinions about Jesus Christ. But the right view of Jesus Christ is that he is the Christ and the son of the living God. Jesus was simply one of the many wise spiritual teachers in history. Jesus was a prophet. Jesus was crazy. Jesus was a hoax. Just like there was in Jesus' own time, there are many opinions in our world today of who Jesus is. But there's only one view that is true. Today in his message, Pastor Dan will encourage you to hold tightly to the truth of who Jesus actually is. He is the Son of God who died for our sins and rose from the grave so that we might have new life in Him. That is the solid rock that your faith stands on. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 16 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Sometimes people will say things like, well, why doesn't God just write the gospel in the sky? Then I'll believe. Or why doesn't Jesus appear to me in my bedroom? That would convince me. Then I would believe. Well, Jesus has given us all the proof that we need. And sometimes people even kind of arrogantly say, well, if Jesus would just do this. Well, listen. We will stand before his throne and give an account of ourselves to him. Jesus will not stand before us and give an account to us. Jesus will not answer to us for the evidence that he has provided. We will answer to him for the evidence that he's provided. So verse 5 says, Now, when his disciples had come, so his disciples weren't there for this back and forth with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now they show up. Now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. That would be the other side of the Sea of Galilee. When they had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. If you remember the feeding of the 4,000 at the end of chapter 15, and they had seven large baskets of bread left over, well, the disciples forgot to bring all that bread with them. Maybe there was a miscommunication among the disciples. I thought you were in charge of the bread. I thought you were in charge of the bread. Somehow they left all that bread behind. It's sitting on the dock over on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. 
Then Jesus said to them, take heed. Now remember, they weren't there for the conversation with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Jesus says, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have taken no bread. The disciples think Jesus is upset because they forgot the bread. And they think he's, he's correcting them or he's rebuking them. And not only that, he's using some kind of parable to rebuke them. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the disciples are thinking, what does that mean? What is he saying? I don't understand. He's upset about the bread. But what is he trying to tell us here? Well, verse 8. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up, nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I love what he says in verse 11. How is it you do not understand? Boy, how many times has Jesus wanted to say that to us? How do you not understand what I'm trying to tell you? Jesus was not talking about literal bread. He's not upset that they forgot all that bread. Jesus can miraculously make bread if he needs to. He's done that before. Which, by the way, how handy is that miracle? Right? I mean, if you want a sandwich, boom, there's a sandwich. You don't have to get up and make it. You want some hummus and pita? Bam, there's some hummus and pita. I think of all the miracles, if I could just have one miracle, that would be the one I would want. Healing people, raising the dead, that's fine and all, but if I could just make food appear, I'm kidding, of course. I'm a Christian, so I have to say I would like to have healing or raising the dead. Verse 12 tells us he's speaking about the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees or the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And Jesus says that their teachings were like leaven. Leaven in the Bible is a symbol of something that corrupts. It's a corrupting influence. It corrupts something that is pure. The teachings of the Pharisees and and Sadducees will corrupt the word of God. Their teachings will corrupt your relationship with God. And what was the leaven of the Pharisees? Well, if you're taking notes, Luke chapter 12, verse 1 tells us very plainly. Luke 12, verse 1, Jesus said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. He tells us the leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. Beware of the leaven of hypocrisy. The Pharisees were most concerned with outward appearances, appearing spiritual to others outwardly. Uh, Turn with me back to chapter 15, probably just a page in your Bible. Chapter 15, look at verse 7 and what Jesus says there to the Pharisees. Hypocrites, you phonies. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments 
of men. Outwardly, the Pharisees appeared to be very devoted to God, but it was all lip service. Their hearts were far from God. And they taught the commandments of men in place of the word of God. They taught what man said instead of what God said. And Jesus says, beware of this in your life. Beware, the warning for us, beware of just going through the motions with God. Beware of drifting into religious ritual and routine. While your heart moves farther and farther away from God. And listen, like leaven, it can start very small in your life. And then grow over time. Maybe you stop having a daily time in the word. Maybe you used to read the Bible every day. Then it slips to only a couple times a week. And then it's no times a week. Or you're not as involved in fellowship as you once were. You're not as involved in serving the Lord as you once were. You've just kind of drifted. Or your relationship with Christ isn't as vibrant as it once was. You're just kind of on autopilot spiritually. Like the church of Ephesus in the book of Revelation, you've left your first love. And you need to return to the Lord and do those first works again. And so beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which was hypocrisy. The leaven of the Sadducees. Well, the leaven of the Sadducees was liberalism regarding the word of God. Liberalism. The Sadducees didn't believe all the Bible. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in the supernatural. They didn't believe in heaven or hell. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They had a liberal view of the Bible. And so much of the church today is Sadducees. This is an incredible threat to the church. So much of the church today takes the word of God And they just gut it of all the things they don't like, all the things they don't agree with, all the things that don't fit into our current culture. Or they redefine what the Bible says. And they'll say, well, the Bible doesn't really mean that. It says that, but it doesn't really mean that. They might say that's what people thought 2000 years ago, but that doesn't really apply to us today in our current culture. The Pharisees add it to the word of God. The Sadducees subtract it from the word of God. Both are dangerous. The Sadducees watered down the word of God and made it less demanding of people. And again, like leaven, this can start out really small. You know, just a small compromise on the scripture. Just a small departure from the word. Only a degree or two off. Not a big deal. But over time, that compromise will grow like leaven. Until it permeates everything in your Christian life. And influences everything in your Christian life. So beware of the corruption of hypocrisy. And beware of the corruption of liberal or progressive teaching. That waters down the word and subtracts from the word. They're both dangerous. They corrupt the word of God. They can corrupt your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They can corrupt the life God has intended for you to have in Christ. It's important to just stick to the pure word of God. Without corruption. 
Psalm 119 verse 140 says, your word is very pure. Therefore, your servant loves it. You just love the word because of its purity. The word of God is not going to agree with the culture. It doesn't agree with any culture. That's not something new. It's counterculture. Psalm 119 verse 128. I love this one. All your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. What is the psalmist saying? Everything you say in your word is right. (laughs) And so we want to beware. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now that brings us to verse 13. In verse 13, Jesus now travels with his disciples about 30 miles north of the Sea of Galilee to a place called Caesarea Philippi, a very beautiful place. And Caesarea Philippi was located at the base of Mount Hermon, and it was the most pagan place in all of Israel. It was the center of idol worship. In particular, the worship of the god Pan. Like, like, uh, like Peter Pan. Or pantheism. The worship of the god Pan. And people would travel from all over that region of the Mediterranean to Caesarea Philippi to worship the god Pan. And engage in you know, unimaginable perverseness. That we can't talk about. Jesus goes there. Jesus goes there. The Pharisees and Sadducees would never go to Caesarea Philippi. But Jesus goes there. I think for us, for me, for us. You know, to search our own hearts. Lord, would I go to a place like that? Or would I avoid it because it's just so filled with. Sin and wickedness and perverseness. Jesus goes there not to participate in the perverseness, but he has a heart for the lost. And those people are really lost that are at Caesarea Philippi. Verse 13 says, uh, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, Now, try to get this image in your mind. You can imagine Jesus, you know, maybe on the road leading into the city of Caesarea Philippi, or maybe somewhere near the city, surrounded by people that have traveled from all over the region to worship pagan gods, to worship demons, really is what they are. And Jesus, surrounded by all these people seeking false gods, he turns to his disciples and he says, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What a scene. 
And then verse 14, so they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now, verse 14 shows us there were a whole bunch of different opinions about Jesus Christ during his own lifetime. Just like today, there are many different opinions about Jesus Christ and who he is. You know, you talk to 10 different people on the street, you're going to get 10 different answers. Right? And some people today say, well, he was a great teacher. Some say he was a prophet. Some say he was just a man, a carpenter from Galilee. Some say he was an angel. And on and on and on. You get all these different answers and different views and opinions about Jesus Christ. We live in a world with many, many differing views of Jesus Christ. Now, verse 15, look at this. Verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Now, that's the most important question you will ever answer in your life. Who do you say Jesus Christ is? How you answer that question will determine where you spend eternity when you die, either heaven or hell. So you want to get that one right. Simon Peter answered and said, well, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah or Simon, son of Jonah, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. The correct answer to the question, who do you say that Jesus is? The correct answer is that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, the word Christ is not his last name. Christ is a title. He is Jesus the Christ, the Messiah that's promised throughout the Old Testament. And he's the Son of of the living God, which means he is God. He is divine. Jesus was God incarnate. And it's fitting here that they would say the son of the living God, considering that they were surrounded by people worshiping dead, false gods. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. That is the correct view of Jesus. All these other opinions going around. He's John the Baptist. He's Elijah the prophet. He's Jeremiah. He's one of the prophets. All these other views going around. And they're all wrong. There's one correct view of Jesus Christ. And we live in a world, as I said, with a lot of views, a lot of opinions about Jesus Christ. But the right view of Jesus Christ is that he is the Christ. And the son of the living God. And please understand, we live in a world with all these different opinions about Jesus Christ. And the one correct opinion you'll find is the minority view. Most people hold a wrong view of Jesus Christ. A minority hold the right view. We hold the right view of Jesus Christ in a world of wrong views of Jesus Christ. And maybe you've noticed that when you're talking to someone and you start talking about Jesus Christ, you got to start asking some questions to figure out, well, what Jesus are they talking about? Because we're probably not talking about the same Jesus. You probably have a different view. And so we need to clarify. That's the way that it is. Now, in verse 17, Jesus says, 
Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, Jesus, had not explicitly shared with his disciples that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so the Father revealed this to Peter, you know, supernaturally revealed this truth to him. Now he says in verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Aren't you glad that Jesus builds the church, that that's not our responsibility? And the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. And now Jesus does a little wordplay here. The name Peter is the Greek word petros, which means little stone. And when he says, on this rock, I will build my church, the word for rock is petra, which means large stone, like a foundation stone. And Jesus says here, he will build his church. He will build his church, not on Peter, but on the confession of Peter, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. This is what Jesus builds his church on. He builds his church on the right view of who Jesus is, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, and you can be saved by putting your faith in him. If a church is built on some other foundation, Jesus isn't building that church. And if you go into a church that's built on another foundation, you're not going to find the Holy Spirit in that church. The Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus Christ. And you will not find the Holy Spirit in that church because there's nothing for the Holy Spirit to testify to in that church. It's not built on Jesus Christ. But when you go into a church that is built on the truth of Jesus Christ, the right view of Jesus Christ, that he is the Christ, that he is the son of the living God, you'll find the Holy Spirit in that church. That church will be alive. Because the Holy Spirit is testifying to that truth. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And notice he says here, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now remember, they're, they're at Caesarea Philippi at this point, And they're at Caesarea Philippi, the base of Mount Hermon, where these temples were located to Pan and other gods. There is a big cave there. And, and out of that cave comes a spring that turns into a river. It's called the Banyas River or the Panyas River. It's named after Pan. And it is one of the three rivers that flow together that becomes the Jordan River. And that cave that is located there uh, at Caesarea Philippi, that cave, the Canaanites said that that cave was the entrance to the underworld where their gods lived. And so they called that cave the gates of Hades. And so here Jesus is using something from the geography of that location when he says the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now, the gates of a city is where the leaders of the city sat. That's where the leaders met. That's where the leaders planned. And Jesus says the gates of Hades will not prevail, meaning Satan and his demons will not prevail against the church that Jesus Christ builds. Satan's strategies and schemes will not prevail against Christ's church. Philippians 2 says that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on the earth, 
and those under the earth. He asked me how I know, and I say, rings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.